sufficiently high. Sufficiently high? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk some Torah. I don't mean to talk ill on Lit City, but it's a pretty janky grinder. But but here's the thing. So I found that it gets a little sticky, a little irky, like it's hard to grind um, mm-hmm. on plastic. So I bought a special chapstick specifically for this and I lubricated the grinder and um, now it works really well. So thank you so much. Mm, I love a good lubrication when necessary. I am, I am an inventor, I think. Is I mean, you are. <laughs> I was going to tell you something funny and I don't remember what it was. Can I tell you something funny first? Yeah, go for it. And, Maybe I'll, my memory will spark. Yeah, and then your memory, your memory, your memory. My memory will spark. So my mom sixth grade math teacher. She is doing entirely everything on Zoom and learning technology as the good woman does. God bless her. God bless all the teachers. Seriously, if you know a teacher right now, like give 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 them a hug. Send them a Venmo for like 10 bucks. Yeah, send them Drizzly. But this person somehow got the email to my mom's Zoom login. This person signed on under like a fake name got into my mom's class and started messaging the students pictures of his dick, or as my mom said it, his male appendage. Really gross, really creepy. And my mom got his IP address. And so they're waiting to see who it is because the only people who had access to that were like, it it was somebody related to the school or a student, right? Like that's the only way that it could have had access. Hopefully it's not a student. I mean, it's better a student than a teacher, but. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so disturbing. That's crazy. Yeah. Like not like funny, but like worth sharing, you know? Well, that's disgusting. Uh, That's like not at all what I was expecting the story to be like that you told. (laughs) That really flew me, flew me through it for a throop, threw me for a loop. (laughs) Just a bag of worms. Oh, that's what I was, I remember what I was going to say. Have you watched Selling Sunset? Once. How did you only stop at one episode? Lindsay, I literally watched this show. It's the only thing I did for two days. Like <laughs> I, I am obsessed. I'm, there's three seasons and I'm so bummed that there's not another one to just watch. I'm like so invested in these characters. I just want to know what's going on with them, you know? In Salem, where I recently escaped, um, <laughs> Annie and I. Me too. I also went on vacation to Salem. <laughs> Rach also went on vacation to Salem, um, which was just like the best, most witchy, witchy time. It was truly witchy. I can talk about Salem. Yes. I went to Salem to visit Lindsay, who was there for like, what, a month? Yeah. On the drive up, it's literally like a 30 minute drive from where I live. And I was with one of our other friends, Prime Michelle. What's up, Michelle? Shout out, Michelle. We missed Shout you. out, Michelle. Um, and the big is. She's not there almost, yet. She's almost. in the big CA. Oh, she's yes. Yay now. But I'm, de- <laughs> I'm deeply updated on her Snapchats. <laughs> oh, oh, me as well. And we were joking on the drive up that we were going on vacation, even though we were literally going for like, 36 hours and it was a 30 minute drive away. We were just like staying with our friends, but you know what? Who cares? We deserve a little break, a little getaway, a little gals trip up the coast. I'm going to drink my drink. I'll drink mine too. L'chaim. L'chaim, babes. Why don't we just give a little life update just because it's it's been a while. I'm going to go first. I'm just thinking right now where I'm at 
in my life. I am currently staying in the adult version of a frat house. I move into my place tomorrow. God bless. <laughs> the men staying here are wonderful men. Big shout out to them for letting me be a squatter. But it is a time of a little bit of uncertainty. I just recently ended something um, with somebody with whom I'm in a lot of close proximity. I think I'll leave it at that. It's a very unsettling time in my life. All of my stuff is scattered at friends' houses all over Hanover. I keep feeling very unsettled and I keep being very hard on myself and being like, why can't I focus as well? And it's like, because you literally don't have a home. Like I haven't been in a place for longer than three and a half weeks since the ranch. But other than that, I'm doing really well. I'm excited for the school year to start all on Zoom. Exciting. Love a Zoom class. And I am just happy to be settling into a place and I'm going to live there. I'm going to put paintings all over, a lot of tits, a lot of art. <laughs> I saw this painting like in my head, like I have this painting idea, painting like a bong, but the bong turns into breasts and then like a woman's figure. So it's like a head is a bong and then the rest <laughs> is a woman. It's a very- I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Like the, no, like the head would be like the mouthpiece, the body yeah. would be the, the stem. Yeah. And then you could have like little feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could even be like, they could even be like real shoes. I mean, like, I don't want to be like generalized and be like high heels, but I do think that'd be funny. No, exactly. Like Louboutins. Literally. And like the bong just like perched as like a woman would like perch on her high heels. Yes. Yes. You should take a blast blowing and make that happen. Oh, that would be so beautiful. You, you would. Yeah. (laughs) I absolutely will before I die take up glass blowing. That's, oh, that's like I feel like that's like your retirement activity. No, that is so my retirement activity. Um your brand, but like specifically glass blowing naked women into bongs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's absolutely my retirement activity. Quote me here, glass blowing <laughs> naked women into bongs. <laughs> Yeah, you know me so well. It's perfect. Oh, I have a good question. Mm. Mm, okay. So what meme do people send you frequently that make them think of you? Do you have like a couple of memes or maybe one meme that like people sent you multiple times being like, LOL, this is so you. There is one meme that I quote all the time because I think yes. it's hilarious. And every time I see a banana now, I always say this. And it's two lines. And first it's asterisks. Me to myself in the break room, peeling a banana. May I take your jacket? LOL. <laughs> and then someone behind me, like a coworker being like, you know, people can hear you, right? <laughs> and I like, I have had that, like I have, that has come out of my mouth. I have no way I was the only one, but I definitely sent that meme to you. Being yeah. like, I've, I've gotten that so many times and I posted it on my story and I got so many responses. People were like, this is, I hear this and I hear your voice. Yeah. Yeah. No, it and now like, every time, every time we see a banana, I'm always like, man, take your jacket. <laughs> so you, I love it. I love so it. So you, what about you? I get that one. That's like sometimes self-care is smoking a blunt with your titties out. Oh yeah. That's so you. Yeah. That's like very me for sure. I enjoy smoking <laughs> a blunt with my titties out. <laughs> so our brands our brands. <laughs> I'm a banana and <laughs> and I'm topless smoking. <laughs> yeah. 
Yup, yup, yup. Our mouth to God's ears, yeah. Your mouth to God's ear reminds me of when I was in like third grade, I was in a play called Cooney Lemel, which was about like an Orthodox, like a, like a Hasidic Jewish community and like one man is like marrying off to several women. I forget, but like all of us play Hasidic Jews. I played a rabbi, like a Hasidic rabbi. <laughs> and there's like one line that I had in the play that was like, maybe they'll have 12 kids. And then I went from your mouth to God's ear. And I think that was my line. So <laughs> it's a good line. It's a good or- line polarizing in most circles, but a good line. For yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a good pol- yeah. Often polarizing, but thought worthy. Yeah. Also but- my brand. <laughs> for us, it makes sense. Any other updates other than this meme and Hanover life? No, I, I think that's it. Rachel, I would, I would love an update on, on your sitch. <laughs> <laughs> so much has happened. Um, well, first of all, before I boogie on into the splashing pool of my life, (laughs) the splish splash pool of my life, you are so self-aware and so just cognizant of your own needs. And it always just impresses me so much. And you're so brave and open about it. And I just, I really admire it. (laughs) I love you. I love you. How do you? Oh, um, and this feeling will pass, which, you know, it's just, the right now thing and you're handling it the best way that you can so oh, thank you so Perfect. much I needed that and I love that here for you my drink is vodka sprite zero and a splash of orange juice mm-hmm. oh that sounds delicious I should have made a vodka white claw mm, yum this is regular white claw mm. all right what's new with me nothing really just you know working away you're um, in a new apartment. I, li- I just moved. I live alone now. I'm a big girl. I, I always literally like look around and I'm like, I live here. This, I, I live here alone. It's amazing. I have a boyfriend now. <laughs> Every time I refer to him, I refer to him as mm, my, you know, my boyfriend, but still have a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Still there. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's real. He's a human. <laughs> He's a human man. <laughs> And he's been listening to the pod for a long ass while. Yeah. Shout out, boyfriend. Shout out, boyfriend. Thanks um, for dating, Rachel. <laughs> much appreciated. <laughs> much appreciated. Big fan of you. Big fan of Rachel. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Just smoking weed, getting drunk. I mean, I follow the rules in terms of like social distancing and stuff, but like I always say to myself, I'm like, no rules in the queue. I can do it. I want I want to smoke a bunch tonight. I'll do that. I want to drink three shots of tequila water. I'll do that. Actually, tequila water. Who am I kidding? It's just tequila. There are no rules in the queue. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. So I've pretty much just been doing that, which has been lovely, might I say. I mean, for like all things considered, but yeah, it's been cool. Should we <clears throat> maybe do a little cush corner? Mm, yeah. Um, so bugging on into some Kush Corner, I got my weed at Insa, which is this lovely dispensary right outside of Salem, or maybe it's like right in Salem, but it was like, 
it was a drive from my place and most things in Salem were a walk from my place. So like that was kind of my, my barometer, but INSA was amazing. Their staff was so nice and really helpful. There is a ATM right outside in Massachusetts. Um, marijuana is recreationally legal, but you have to pay with a debit card and or cash or a credit card with a pin, which like, I don't have. Which, like, what is that? Yeah. That I, is, like, I don't know. I've never heard of that, but what, how do I find out my pin? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I've been trying to figure that out for years. It was great. It looks like an Apple store going in and um, the, the staff was so amazing. And let me tell you, there were not one, not two, but three hot guys behind the counter. And it just made the environment so wonderful to look at. So I really appreciate you, Insa. Um, big shout out. <laughs> what kind of weed are you smoking? I am smoking um, ChemDog, which is a sativa dominant hybrid. Surprise, surprise. One know something surprising? I yeah. also have recently been smoking a sativa dominant hybrid lately, 60%, 40%, and I've yeah. actually been really enjoying it. Like I tend to smoke weed and then do work, so I just like a sativa something. Um, like I feel like it helps me like focus or whatever. Um, cause I won't smoke a lot. I'll h- take like one hit. And so I feel like sativa will kind of like wake me up and perk me up or whatever without like doing anything versus with Indica's like I like them, but I know I will feel sleepy afterwards. So it's just like worth noting. Yeah. This is like, I don't know. This is like a really nice blend. It literally is like a kind of like a 50, 50 for me. Mm, mm, love a 50, 50. Should we get into some Judaism? Yeah. I mean, maybe to give a little precursor to our listeners about what they're going to listen to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the the high holidays are coming on up. Can you believe this is our second high holidays episode? It's been a while. That's oh my wild. God. Um, so after this long ass journey, it has led us here. And let me tell you, boys and gals, it is a phenomenal new year. And Rachel is going to tell you why by dribbling on in to some decent and decadent Torah about the high holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Did you come up with that beforehand? No, that was that was I, that was on that my was off brain. the cup. Fuck, that's Thank incredible. You. Thank you so much. Oh my I, god, it's so funny. Thanks, Linz. I would love to dribble on into some Torah. Yes. For those that don't know, actually, I was on the basketball team in high school. So yeah, I was the captain junior and senior year, and I won most athletic in high school at my Jewish day school. So. Like, not to brag, but pretty competitive pool. Not a big deal. (laughs) Pretty impressive. That's all I have to say about that. So here I go, dribbling on in. (laughs) (laughs) Like Lindsay said, the high holidays are upon us. Great times all around. Well, kind of. We'll see. Generally, everyone has been wishing for 2020 to hurry up and end before the world, like, literally explodes. For Jews, I have good news. Our version of 2020 is almost over. So at sundown on Friday, September 18th, we'll have Shabbos dinner. We'll go to sleep, wake up, and everything will be back to normal. It'll be amazing. Just wait. You know, since Jews control the weather and the world at large, like this should be relatively easy to make happen. So you'll see. 
(laughs) Just be patient, you know? So Friday, September 18th, I keep wanting to say Friday the 13th, September 18th, it's sundown. It's the start of the Jewish high holidays. And as Lindsay already so eloquently put it, she made this joke earlier. I will at some point make a high holidays joke, but (laughs) you least expect it. So, (laughs) so (laughs) stay tuned. Now you have to keep listening (laughs) for my joke. (laughs) I was just going to say, stay tuned. But I was like, I bet Rachel's going to say it. (laughs) Everyone's only here for the jokes anyway, whatever. (laughs) So, okay. High holidays. Hmm. So this has always been, and are still my favorite time of year in the Jewish calendar. And I know that you were expecting me to stay to say Shavuot, Lindsay, but it's a close second, so don't worry. <laughs> Shavuos. Ah, Shavuos. So this is going to be kind of like a two-part Jewish thing because there are two high holidays, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So grab some jazz cabbage, crack open a white claw, and settle on in. So happy to be here. So happy you're here. (laughs) So, okay. Generally, I don't really give a fuck about New Year's, like the secular version on December 31st. Like my biggest concern has always been where I'm going to get drunk and will I have a New Year's kiss? Yeah, I'm that bitch. I need to start the year off with a healthy dose of attention, of course. And other than that, you know, I wake up with a hangover. I eat a bacon, egg and cheese and I go about my daily life. And like, sometimes I'm like, Oh, a resolution. Mm, Probably not. And then that's pretty much it. And the Jewish high holidays are different for me. And for all of the non-Jews out there, all of you, I know all of you, I know the overwhelming number of people listening to this podcast are not Jewish. So thank you (laughs) for just joining us in this educational journey. Um, for all the non-Jews out there, the high holidays are part one, Rosh Hashanah, aka the head of the year. It's like the start of the year. And you reflect on the year behind you, what you did, all that jazz. And then part two, Yom Kippur, which is the day of atonement, where you atone for all of the bad stuff that you reflect on. And I'm not sure why, but like pretty much that is the only time aside from this podcast that I like really force myself to be reflective and like think about who I was over the past year and like where I shine and where I fell flat. It's the only time I do it is during the high holidays. I mean, maybe it's because I have crippling anxiety and a habit of avoiding uncomfortable situations. Maybe not. Who's to say really, but this year is different obviously. And I don't feel the same about the high holidays as I usually do in terms of like, wanting to be reflective and introspective and like really like digging deep and doing the work. Also remember when it was Passover and everyone was like, why is this year different than all the other years? And, and it, oh, it was so annoying. Like, yeah, we know it's yeah. Like, COVID had like just started and people were like, Oh my God. And now I really hope people don't like use that as like a theme because oh my God, how boring. Like, like I said, this year is different and I had a lot of trouble putting into words how I was feeling about this year compared to years in the past, because usually I'm like, let's figure out how to be meaningful this year. Let's figure out how to like, how to, you know, mark the day and really make sure that I'm like doing the work and like getting, getting inside, I was going to say getting inside myself. I mean, sure, but (laughs) getting inside my brain and like really trying to understand like what's holding me back, you know, like all this stuff. I just like really don't want to do that this year because I feel like all I've done this year is think and all I've done is think about this year and you know 
I'm perfect. It's like, what is there to reflect on? You know, um, kidding. Yeah. For everyone who doesn't speak sarcasm, that was a joke. That's not like my five holidays joke. And that one's going to be way better. <laughs> wow. I'm really talking this up. I hope it's actually funny. Rage. You know? Yeah. Everything you do is funny. I'm, oh, it, it really is. It's your talent. <laughs> May I take your jacket? Anyway. Yes. This has been a year. I literally feel like I have aged 20 years since March. And I feel like I've done the work of 20 years of emotional labor since then. When you think about this, this situation at like a macro level, sidebar, I low-key don't understand what macro means, but I hope I'm using it correctly. A catastrophic global pandemic, like big picture. Big macro. Check. (laughs) This is like the bread and butter of religion. People have been getting like way more invested in their faith and like really leaning into religion during quarantine because they see the value in like believing in something bigger than themselves because they're so helpless in the situation. So global pandemic plus high holidays, like the biggest, baddest show in all of Jewish theater is literally Judaism's wet dream. Like the combination of these two. Every single rabbi, I think that's like, conventional, I feel like is going to lean into this and be like, you know, we've had to adjust to the new normal. We've had to like learn how to sit in this uncertainty. And now like now we just need to be thoughtful about how we can use this time to really become better people when this quarantine is over. Like, who do you want to be when you come out of this? Are you going to be the best version of yourself? How are you going to invest in yourself and really improve on your, your areas of opportunity? Rach, you so fucking worked at a Jewish nonprofit. That was perfect. That was goddamn perfect. <laughs> I will say, I'm not talking about them when I talk about conventional. Oh, of course they're, not. They're of course things. not. Sorry. I just mean like, you no, know, obviously, you. you know, yeah, the talking points, <laughs> yeah. your, your, your finger is on the pulse. <laughs> Always got a pulse. It feels like every day since March 13th has been Yom Kippur. Mm-hmm. And I just like kind of want to break from it. <laughs> And I know that sounds contradictory because I started this off by saying that I love the high holidays and this is the only time of year that I force myself to to reflect and, you know, think introspectively, but this year is different and I'm like pretty tired of reflecting. I'm pretty tired of thinking about like who I want to be coming out of this and what can I use this time to improve on? Because I think about it a lot because all I have is time. Actually, that's a lie. I don't have a lot of time, but the time that I do not going anywhere, I think a lot, you know, I think we all do. And like, this is some of the craziest shit the world has ever seen. We had to adjust to a lot of really heavy stuff really quickly. And I'm pretty impressed with myself and a lot of other people that I know who managed to first like kind of fall apart and then put themselves back together and, and I'm ready for a rest. Yeah. And I said last year, cause I was looking at our stuff from last year mm-hmm. Um, cause this is our second rush, like high holidays podcast, which is wacky bananas. And last year I said that young Kippur is an opportunity to think further about who you are, what you value, how you want to live your life. And I think I've been doing that for the last six months Yeah, and I deserve some downtime. And I think we all do these. So these high holidays aren't going to be the same as always for me. And that's fine. Like these are unprecedented times and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. I hate that term so much. I think find a thesaurus. Jeez. I mean, these holidays are also meant to show you like what you really need from Judaism and what's going to be most valuable for you and what's most valuable for me. And maybe for you or like some or some people who are listening is not to focus on like what I want to like become moving forward, but to like 
honor how far I've come in the last year amidst this mayhem and let that be enough. All things considered, I had a great year. I'm like proud of myself for like allowing myself to feel like I had a great year from that and not think that I need to use quarantine as a way to like identify my weaknesses and like force myself to do something about them. You know, it's enough. It's enough. This is like, and I feel like this is such a cliche thing to say, like my way of celebrating the high holidays is to not celebrate them, (laughs) whatever. But like, I actually think that just like not doing anything is like what I really need from it. Like, I'm just going to chill just literally straight chill. And that's going to be fine. That's enough for me. And if it's enough for you, that's amazing. Another way of saying that is let that be sufficient. Another way of saying that is let these be your sufficiently high holidays. Boom. And the episode. That was beautiful. Something I wrote down was celebrating Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur by celebrating yourself. And I think that that's kind of the theme of what you were talking about is just celebrating how far you've come and giving yourself a rest and realizing that like there's another year ahead and like, let's like giddy up for that. Before you do that, you need a good night's sleep. You need a day where you smoke some weed, eat some Chinese food, you know, just live your life, whatever that means. Work on a creative project, fulfill yourself for the upcoming year. And I think that that is honoring the spirit. That's mens rea. That's, uh, that's the spirit of the law. Um, that's from legally blonde. blonde. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything legal. I am aware of the definition of mens rea. What I'm not aware of is why you're giving me a vocabulary lesson instead of questioning your witness. (laughs) Yes, bitch. It's Mm. so weird. I keep dating lawyers and I never learn any law from them. So Weird. How, how, how weird is that? How weird you think you think I'd learn? <laughs> you think that'd be something that they actively teach in school <laughs> relationship class, you know? I think that there is so much to be said about taking some time, TCOS, take care of yourself. Like just there is so much to be said about that, especially this year. And we've been really hard on ourselves all fucking year. So maybe just take a goddamn minute. And I think that that is so fair. And I I fucking love that. So uh, the next little segment, Rue, as we say. (laughs) Love that. The next little segment that we are doing is just back to the basics, a classic Jew-ish of the week. It's a, it's I'm a, so excited and so nervous. <laughs> so funny. That I'm not know. actually nervous, everyone. <laughs> yeah. If, if anybody doesn't get that, Rachel is just like, it's just, it's her humor. <laughs> Disclaimer. This segment is the true differentiator between me and Rach, because Rachel would sooner stop wearing crop tops than willfully give a chat about Judaism and the female orgasm. But here I am on my own accord doing exactly that. (laughs) We were talking about the format of this episode a couple days ago, and Lindsay was like, yeah, like, I don't know, like, I have this idea for the Jew-ish about, like, the female orgasm. And I was like, so you want to do the Jewish? (laughs) I'm going to do the Jewish part, right? (laughs) She's like, yeah, I think that's probably, (laughs) I think that's probably for the best. 
Imagine. Well, I did. I mean, I did masturbation. You did masturbation and you crushed it. It's just like, it's, it's, it's off brand. Way more, yeah. Way more on brand for you. Yeah. Way more on brand for me to advocate for doing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Celebrating yourself. But, uh, ah, the female orgasm, one of the seven wonders of the world, faked by many, enjoyed by fewer. The female orgasm has been more than a little taboo until fairly recently. And even now, people with a healthy amount of shame, myself not included, feel at least a little awkward talking about it. By the way, Big shout out to Rabbi Cardi B for moving the needle in normalizing female desire with her song slash prayer, WAP. Big kisses. Retweet. Retweet. That is lyrical gold. My fascination with the female orgasm started when I first started taking SSRIs. They are serotonin enhancers. Um, and used for antidepressants, bipolar disorder, um, depression, anxiety, all that jazz. One side effect that gets kind of glossed over is that while SSRIs totally made me a better and more balanced and happier person, they also made it impossible for me to orgasm for the first few months. And during that dark time, I thought to myself, what does Judaism have to say about the female orgasm? I'm kidding. <laughs> Though, I do wish that I had some of this Torah knowledge to give the Jewish boys I've slept with who didn't make me come. Because TLDR, this shit is important in Judaism. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Unfortunately, the original notion of honoring the female orgasm in Judaism is not out of progressivism. Instead, it is mentioned in the Gemara. Remember, the Gemara, along with the Mishnah, together they form the Talmud, which is the Jewish code of oral law. To paraphrase Rav Ami in Nida 28 of the Gemara, if a woman comes, actually, instead of saying comes or orgasms, he says emits seed. But I'm not going to go into the fact that old men in ancient times didn't understand a woman's reproductive system. Thank God the old men of our current era totally understand a woman's reproductive system and even go so far as to make decisions about it for us. I mean, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. What would you do if they didn't? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just have babies on our own accord. (laughs) Anyways, Rabba Ami says that if a woman orgasms before the man, she will conceive a son, which is a big fucking deal in ancient Judaism. You wanted a boy. If you want to be optimistic, maybe the rabbis were trying to trick men into making their wives orgasm, which is sad that that would even be a necessity, but that seems far-fetched even for those sneaky, sneaky rabbis. So it is a weird rule, but it does solidify a place for the female orgasm in Jewish literature, which is interesting. There is an amazing, amazing book by Hasidic rabbi Shmuel F. Sign, and he is the classic authority on sex, as you might imagine. He wrote a book called Kosher Lust, in which he references the Gemara in his writing 
quote, a man has to make his wife orgasm first. It's Jewish law. This is a cool hot rabbi. He also adds, oral sex is fine. Anal? Yeah, why not? Sex toys are great. She wants S&M? Sure. What's wrong with S&M? There's nothing unkosher about it. You heard it here first, or maybe second if you read Kosher Lust. Dildos are kosher as long as they're not made of bacon. A couple of other fun tiddly bits from Kosher Lust. According to the rabbi, quote, the missionary position is the most intimate way to have sex, and couples should keep their eyes open and locked during intercourse. So chew on that. (laughs) Oh my God. Can you? Oh my God. I can't look at you just thinking about that. We've been walking through the park of the femme orgasm through sexual intercourse, which is of course fine and dandy, but a little facazoid is that according to a study conducted by Cool Hot Doctor, Debbie Herbenick at Indiana University, and also affirmed by a majority of women in the world, only 18% of women can reach climax from penetration alone. That means, a la Alana Glazer in Broad City, you gotta follow the woman's third eye, the clit. I would therefore be negligent in my exploration of what my religion has to say about the way my gender orgasms if I didn't wiggle on into Judaism's take on a common form of clitoral stimulation, cunnilingus, or oral sex performed on a woman. Eating pussy. (laughs) That term. (laughs) I'm sure that's shocking. Do you like that term? No, like, um, nom, nom, what? Ew, Lindsay! (laughs) Lindsay, stop it! Anyway, eating Mm. pussy. If you hate that term, you're going to really hate this. Cunnilingus, or as the Talmud calls it, niskat otomakom, which means kissing of that place. I don't hate that nearly as much as eating pussy. Okay, maybe you should adapt. Maybe this is the call for everyone to start calling it kissing of that place. Well, wait, were you saying that or cunnilingus? No, that's what it's called, kissing of that place. No, I know, but which one were you saying is worse? Cunnilingus or kissing of that place? Oh, kissing of that place. I just think it's- Oh, I agree. I mean, I'd rather say eating pussy. That's like in Friends when Monica refers to like losing her virginity as losing her flower. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. That's so gross. (laughs) Oh, there was some show that I was watching where someone like used some like ridiculous term for their vagina, their front tushy. Their front tushy. God, women just need to stop the shame around their vaginas. Ugh. So kissing of that place, it is permitted, but frowned upon in Jewish scripture with the exception of the Kabbalistic mystics who are always known for getting a little freaky. That's what they're known for. Those freaky, freaky Kabbalists. (laughs) There are some LOL ridiculous rules that I cannot believe got codified into literature or scripture, but here we are today. In the Gemara, Rabbi Yohanan ben Davai claims that children are, quote, born blind because the husband looks at his wife's genitals, born unable to speak because he 
kisses the genital area and born unable to walk because he quote inverts the table which means doing it doggy style so that's in our literature overall though Oral sex falls into the category of unnatural intercourse, which is permitted between husband and wife. The Talmud actually uses this justification that made me literally gag when I read it. It pretty much says that you can do anything sexually with your wife with her consent because if you buy a piece of meat or fish, nobody can tell you how to cook it. Gross. Oh. Yeah. Okay. A few of my own concluding words. Women's sexuality has been repressed under a layer of shame for so long, and it would be ignorant to say that religion didn't play a role in this repression, but it is up to us as feminists and Jews who want our religion to continue as society progresses to have these weird and wacky conversations about (laughs) where religion played roles in your life. And maybe those roles are ones that you didn't recognize. So see where religion helps, see where it hurts, and live your best, most consensually, sexually explorative life. Thank you. Amen. Well said. This these high holidays, give yourself an orgasm. You have someone else give you an orgasm. Yeah, you're not supposed to fuck on Yom Kippur, but you're like supposed to fuck on Rosh Hashanah. I think. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're not supposed to fuck on Yom Kippur. You're right. Um. Uh, great job, Linz. Thank that you. was super interesting. So much research. You're so you're so scholarly. Yeah, school. I'm. I'm such an academic. <laughs> yeah. Shall we go to our next segment? Let's go. Do you want to introduce it? Like we said, we're bringing it back to basics. I don't even remember the last time we did this segment, Lens, but it's Cool Hot Girl TM. Okay, you want to go first? Yes. This week's theme for Cool Hot Girl TM is the women who raised us. Um, And that is not just including mothers, because we understand that families um, come in all shapes and sizes and forms. And there are many women in our lives who raise us and are feminist icons who might not be, you know, directly related to you. Just a note on that. Um, However, we are going to talk about some women who raised us. Um, And I wanted to talk about my grandmother, Lenore. Uh, She is... Lenore. Yes. Lenore, honey. Lenore. She is such a babe. She is almost 96 years old. And something that was important is that she started a business with her husband as an equal and really worked and operated in this male dominated industry at a time where it wasn't even normal for women to work. Bitch has got some grit. Bitch has got some heart. Um, My uncle passed away a couple of years ago. That was really hard. She's seen the passing of a child, which is something that one should never have to do. And she's continued to like live up as this family matriarch. I always said that when I grew up, I wanted to be just like my grandma. And that's one thing that has never changed. A couple of other fun facts about her. She just lived on this boat in Miami and she was Miss Miami Beach and she dated Frank Sinatra. And then she stopped dating him because, and Buddy Rich, but she was 
she was stressed because they smoked a lot of marijuana. And I was like, grandma, do I have something to break to you? Um, but now, <laughs> now last new year's I ring in 2020 by smoking weed with my grandma, with my 96 year old grandma. And she said, she said, she said, if you live long enough, you'll see anything happen. I'm ringing in 2020 smoking pot with my granddaughter. And it was so funny. That's amazing. God bless. That will be like a memory I cherish forever. Oh, that's so sweet. That's actually so funny that you say that. My Cool Hot Girl TM is a fave of mine and a fave of yours, Linz. It's the one and only Ellen. (laughs) I know we said that, you know, this doesn't have to be your mom or anything. No. Like, quite literally, the woman who raised me, biggest maternal female figure in my life. Lindsay's met my parents many times and they get along very well. (laughs) My, I'm an only child and my mom just really embodied, like in my mind, just now that I'm working, it's even more clear to me, just the insane effort that goes into being a working mother. And I'm only one child. Like I can't even imagine having, I mean, I don't have any children, so I have no idea, but like, (laughs) I know how, I know how having a, what having a full-time job is like, and I'm like a child on top of this, much less two or three or four. Holy shit. Not to say that like she had it easier than anyone else, but like she really did embody what it meant to be not only really hardworking, but also really caring and like would bend over backwards for me for anything and like still continues to do so. And it's funny that one of those memories that you'll cherish with Lenore forever will like smoking weed with her to ring in the new year. And my mom and I have also smoked weed together before. Oh, no, like she actually smoked with oh, me. Oh, oh. Yeah. Like she, yeah, she like took a hit, which she called a toke. And that's another thing that I really appreciate her is that appreciate about her is that I've I was like a monster teenager and tween and I gave her such a hard time and just she just like had so much patience and so much just gave me so much rope and like continued to like let me just mess up and learn and like be my own person and like didn't judge me for it. And now just is like, oh okay, like I trust you. Yeah. Okay. Not my thing, but okay. And one of the things that I will always appreciate about her is that she was like, maybe I'll try it. Like just keep it open mind, you know, see what it's like. And then she did. And she's like, you know, that my thing. And I was like, that's fine. You know, you tried it. She's like, go for it. All you. And I just, I love that. She's like equal parts, left brain, right brain, and super empathetic and emotionally intelligent, which is, I think where I get it from. So shout out to mom for that, for making me emotionally psychic. It's a great superpower. It's so, always from the moms. She's amazing. I can attest. I can attest. Ellen has given me some life advice and encouragement that has warmed many a winter month. So God, God bless Ellen. (laughs) Well, shall we move into a final segment and, and finish it off with a favorite? Is this kosher? Oh, my fave. I'm so glad to be back here. Oh, Yes. Rachie, you want to go first? Yes. Okay. So say it's your third date. You like him a lot. You've had sex. It doesn't matter. You like him. You like him. I mean, like maybe not a lot, but you like him. You You like him. him. He's great. You're optimistic. Yeah. You're off. You're, you're very optimistic. Yeah. And you're at his apartment one day. Let's pretend it's not quarantine. Actually. Okay. Pretend it is. And then pretend it isn't. Let's see if your answer changes. You, You mentioned that you want a haircut and he's like, Oh, like I'll cut your hair. 
and you're like, oh, I'm like, no, it's okay. And he's like, well, like, no, I can do it. Like, it's just a trim. Like, it's so easy. Like, is it coming on here all the time? Like, just, yeah, you can trust me. Like, I'm good at it. Blah, blah. And he like talks you into it. And you're like, okay, fucks up your hair. <laughs> Not like fucks it up so bad, but like cuts off, you know, like when you get a haircut, you're like, mm-hmm. only want millimeters off. Yeah. Yeah. He cuts off like inches. Mm. Cross your head. That reminds me of, did you watch 30 Rock? Mm-hmm. Okay. When Liz Lemon dates that guy who's so handsome that no one's ever told him that like he's stupid. <laughs> what's his name? It's John Hamm. But what's yeah. It's like Dr. Somebody. It's yeah. like. Oh, I forget. But yeah, but he's just so, and that just reminds me of it. It's like, he just must've like, just been like really hot and never been told like. Yeah. Hey, you're bad at cutting hair. <laughs> like, yeah. And just like, and has that confidence of like only a white dude can. <laughs> That's like, I'm fucking good at this. Um, even though he clearly does not have a track record of doing so. Um, that being said, I was asking for it by letting him cut my hair. So it is kosher. All right. I'd probably be like ladle. <laughs> Maybe I'm just pretty pessimistic right now. Like, I'm just pretty single. So, like, I'm just imagining, like, any nice boy on a third date, I would cling to pretty hard, boys. <laughs> I don't know if I would ever let someone cut my hair. But I feel like if they they really promised to only cut off yeah. a lot, I would be, like, fucking pissed. Yeah. I would be mad for sure. I just am bad at showing anger. So, I would just, like, like see ya. <laughs> yeah. Let's just hope it happens to neither of us. Okay, my turn. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this because you are a president's gal. I'm intrigued. Third date, you're having sex. He takes off his shirt. He has a lower back tattoo of the presidential portrait of Warren G. Harding, 29th president of the United States. Warren G. Harding wasn't a bad president. No, but like a little, a little odd of a president. I mean, I would ask him what, like, am I allowed to know what it, what it's like, why he got it? Yeah, 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 sure. He's like, it's a little bit of a douchey answer. He's like, he's just like an unknown president who did a lot. And I want to be like an unknown person who also has like achieved greatness, but like through anonymity. (laughs) I don't hate that response. Honestly, Where is the tattoo again? Lower back. It's it's odd. Okay, fine. If it's odd, it's a red flag. I'd be like, no, no. Like, yeah, but it's kosher, right? Kosher. I it's kosher. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It would definitely be something I told my friends. Oh my God, 100%. I'd be like, this is it's like a weird fucking thing, but like... <laughs> guys this is so fun so happy to be here to quote rachel you guys will be popping back in and out throughout the year as we always do but make sure to follow us on instagram at sufficiently high c-h-a-i um you can also follow us on instagram at Lindsay underscore rose underscore weiss w-e-i-s-s and i'm at rachel r-a-c-h-e-l n-i-e-v-e-s underscore underscore (laughs) you want to follow me i was actually telling someone earlier today i was like n as in nancy v as in victor e-s as in snake (laughs) i gotta kick out of that (laughs) them my boyfriend
my boyfriend. My boyfriend, who I still have at the end of this podcast. <laughs> One hour later, still got him. <laughs> still got him, boo. Okay, well, we all love right. you all so much, and we cannot wait to be in your ears again soon. Um, make sure to write us. We love attention, and mm-hmm. we love hearing from you. Miss you already. Love you so much. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Talk to you soon. Bye.